Welcome to We Are Something Else, episode 158, science class. Oh, and we are here. Superfly, welcome back. What's good, bro? Yo, yo, yo. Can y'all hear me good? Yo, there you go. You give us an edge for a second. Yeah, <laughs> What's good, bro? What's good? Long time no see. No, nah, absolutely, man. It's good to see y'all, man. For real. Yeah, man. Looking yeah, good. Join. I'm a- absolutely. I think uh, you joined us last year for the for this. It's kind of become like an annual thing. Um, look, I hope everybody's got their homework done. Uh, it's, it's been a cram session, and we can get into all that. But uh, let's go around. CB, what's good, bro? Why is there something big going on tonight? That's a good question. That's a, that's a good question. Uh, I, I think this conversation is going to be all thing. over the place. <laughs> <laughs> Some, a cram session, something big going on here. Ah, uh, welcome. We didn't even get through the first five minutes before y'all had to ask. There we go. <laughs> I'm glad Superfly's back, man. That's all. Yeah. E, what's good, bro? Uh, you know, weather kind of uh, dumped on me today. You know, it's, uh, you know, in the 60s out here, you know, he's enjoying that uh, 80 degree weather, uh, you know, for the holidays. But uh, now, nah, man, this, listen, this is probably uh, outside of, and, and making no mistake, trying to come up with segments, you know, and uh, what we do every week, or at least uh, is it just e-segments uh, sometimes throw me off. But this is always the hardest show by far. Um there's nothing easy about it, and I think because we are all truly about, you know, music and just, like, really, we ain't getting paid for this, you know what I'm saying? Nobody, no a is you know, hitting us up trying to make an album sell. So right. this is just straight hip-hop to us, you know, or just music, shall I say. Damn, what's good? What, uh, what editing you working on? Appreciate you always joining in, though. Um... Yeah, I agree. This is this is a tough show. This is one of my favorite shows that we do. One, uh, I look forward to it every year. Um, I write no, I take notes starting in January, so we're getting ready to restart. Uh, the good thing is I don't, I haven't heard anything that's that's getting ready to drop in January, so maybe I have some time for my brain to kind of just calm down a little bit. Um, or there's always music to discover, though. So. But yeah, I look forward to the show. Um, this is just like the the culmination of the whole year. It comes right here, the last couple of weeks with the sneakers last week. If you guys didn't check that out, make sure you go to our YouTube page, WRC Podcast, and check out uh, Soul Tales. We did top five sneakers of the year last year, last week. Uh, but we always end on the note of music, uh, which is one of the basis of why this podcast came to be. Uh, sneakers and music, and you know, it's me and CB sitting on the other side of each other, and uh, Superfly giving us the platform. Um, so, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm, I'm privy to the lists, so these lists were a little different than I thought they were going to go because there's been so much uh, music. But uh, yeah, Superfly, uh, let's chime back in with you again. Uh, I know you got a lot of things going on. What, what have you been up to? Um, 
you know, it's uh the holiday, so you know what it is when you got a family just running around, making sure everybody's taken care of. Um, also just being able to spend time with family. So actually, I've been kind of trying to pause a little bit this week. But yes, you're busy. We got things cooking. Um, I'm a, I'm not gonna speak on too much, but um, as far as the live events, but um, you know, in the past, you know, last few months, I've been working hard on. Uh, other podcasts trying to engineer those folks so if you've been following me on instagram uh you know some of the other podcasts i'm familiar uh you know f- affiliated with and trying to get their their thing started as well so things are going well um it's been a tough year you know what i mean like i lost my dad earlier this year so uh trying to recover from that but um otherwise no things are things are good yeah man well uh definitely the condolences still we reached out to you individually but still yeah. you know it's been a, I can imagine what kind of year it's been. Um, but look, man, let's, let's get into the show. Yes, sir. Here. Uh, I didn't give you guys privy to this, but there's no notes taken on this. Let's just, let's just wrap. So it's a couple easy segments, you know, let's just get into the show. This is what we do. Um, so we got to say goodbye to another one of our childhood friends. This has been a year of, just wrapping up a lot of things, and <laughs> it was just announced. East Bay is going away. No more. Defunct. Bank. I don't know what the. I don't know bankrupt. Whatever it is, but they just they're done. And I'm sure, like you, like the gentleman uh, off to the side here, East Bay was one of the most. We waited for the mail to come because you knew around beginning of the month you were going to get the new catalog. And depending on what, if it was football season, you was going to have one of the premier athletes on the front, basketball season, kind of same thing. And this is how we got sneakerheads, got their shoes, like prior to going to brick and mortar, outside of going to brick and mortar stores. This was the quote unquote kind of like online shopping kind of thing, right? And you didn't have, it wasn't like Amazon Prime and you got it in a matter of 24 hours or, you know, 48 hours. No, you really had to do like some work to get the, get your sneakers or whatever you order from East Bay and required either a personal check, a money order. <laughs> I mean, to the point where some, you could call in with your credit card information, but I remember uh, with the little insert in the middle where the envelope was and like the you could put in the numbers of the item the SKU number whatever you can actually put in your credit card information on that piece of paper too and fold it and put it in a little east bay envelope and send it off and about three to four weeks later you got your stuff now this is where you got your j's you got i mean if you can still see like i'll, I'll blow up put this back up here like, look, yeah, Barry Sanders, signature shoes right there, pennies. Uh, you had the up-tempo airs, uh, the worms. It was just the Griffies right there. Like, a lot of these stuff have been retro now, but, like, these are, like, the original, like, release books. Like, look at the pennies. There's, like, four or five different colorways you got off the break of the pennies. And it just, just East Bay is, like, part of our, it's, again, it's just part of our child. It's like a the sneakerhead playboy. <laughs> exactly what it is. So I was gonna go around see how you fellas feel about this. Uh East Bay's been a staple. I mean, and what killed East Bay is online. Like the internet killed East Bay because you have 
Foot Locker and all these other places, resources where you can get shoes from creating online stores and just, you know, doing away with these Bay. CB, let's start with you. I mean, you know, if y'all follow me on Instagram, once I found out the news, y'all know I was sad. Um, but it's one of those things where I know when was the last time I purchased anything from East Bay personally, you know, so you figured this was probably going to be happening. But um, one of my boys commented earlier, he was like, bro, I can still smell the pages of the the magazine. And I'm like, yes, sir, yes, and I wanted to make a joke. Like, that's how my that's how, how my uh, my childhood smells like, <laughs> you know, it, it's just one of those things like you remember being a kid um, and getting the magazine and just combing through and you know, circling the the joints that you want and saving up to then tell my mom how to order them and do all that stuff like it was uh it was a a a long gone era but never forgotten you know what i mean so it's sad to see it go um but uh they they told us let's go to champs and it was always funny how uh (laughs) those websites always kind of look the same you know uh yeah yeah uh e <clears throat> shit, the same sentiment. I mean, just that, you know, that that crazy part. I, I think shit, you and I had plenty of conversations back in the day, uh, in regards to the East Bay and and what was in the the catalog. Or I remember even, you know, uh, taking it to to class one day and 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 being like, yo, I know you seen these shits getting ready to come out because we got the book before the month. And you knew that it still had a it had a release date. Like we were still on release yep. dates in yep. East Bay. Like it gave you an opportunity right? to actually get the shoe right around drop time, so you wouldn't be a month behind. Thanks. Um, but I mean, the the way that it was displayed, like let's just call it East Bay, was like the you know uh, it was it we would consider it ahead of its times as far as like the the sneakerheads, as far as the way that um, it portrayed the colorways. You know, it wasn't just that one. Uh, it gave you all the sections that you want. And then, then they got fancy with it when a player had a signature line, right? Because then it was the clothes with the signature line of that player. I mean, it was Shout everything. Shout out the that, beat and the clothes before the shoes. Right, that part, right? You know, copping the shirt, thinking that the shoes was coming with the shirt. But, I mean, <laughs> no, nah, I mean, just, just to kind of to sum it up, you know, East Bay definitely was a part of, like, anybody's childhood that was a sneakerhead or just wanted, to, you know, that was in that, that uh, those moments of having those shoes, but it also, let's just be honest, it also kind of gave the non-sneaker heads, you know, a little privy to being able to cop some heat, not knowing that everybody else went through the business just to try to, you know, try to get to, I, I still remember trying to, cop, I think it was at the, 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 um, the 12s. I think the last, the last purchase of eBay was probably some 12s. Either that or the Jumpman's, the, the Kevin Garnett joints that came out. Wow. Right, and wow. so that should let you know how long ago that was. But then after that, we started buying like you know football gear. You know, we was buying you know gloves yep. and and uh and then and matter of fact, this is it. The last conversation actually that you and I had about East Bay was about the uh soccer cleats that were lightweight that I ended up finding at Ross for a cheaper price. <laughs> yep. Um, Superfly, you there? All right, so yeah, it's definitely gonna be made. Like, what what other catalog exists these days? 
do catalogs. Even, a lot of people like, probably don't even know what a catalog is, right? Right, right. right. Um, yeah, I remember mm-hmm. some of my one of the major cops I got from the East Bay. Uh, I got the sixes, infrared sixes, on the re-release because the original release I, I didn't have. Uh, that was, I think that was my my fourth grade, and I met, I didn't have East Bay then. But on the re-release, boom! I got uh, I still got those those sixes too. They they've fallen apart since then. But um, yeah, all right. So hey, next subject honest, to hand. To be honest, you know uh-huh. what went hand in hand. You know what went hand in hand with the East Bay. In the in the mail at the same time. What's that? The Slam magazine. Oh, <laughs> Slam magazine. Yeah, yeah. Slam was was almost like um, what's the nice kicks kind of thing because they had the spotlight of the kicks on court kind of thing mm-hmm. back then. Um, yeah, shout out to Slam. Um, so, um, another week, another concussion for Tua. This makes three in a matter of like two months, right? Yeah. Or less. Something like that. And um, it's not good. It's really not good. When you start playing around with with trauma like that, um, yeah, it, and they're coming more consistent. Like Jordan Reed, right? I think Jordan Reed started suffering from concussions towards the whatever, you know, whenever the end of his career came. He was still way young into his career. Um, yeah, the writing's on the wall. I'm assuming he's done for this, at least the rest of the regular season, and perhaps maybe even playoffs. Like, if you're Miami, I don't even know if you put him back out there. And I think you, I mean, do you you have to let him rest, and you take like some serious evaluation. Like, this guy should probably be in and out of doctor's appointments right now, getting scanned and checking because. Uh, Shannon, like Shannon Sharp had said on, I was watching Undisputed earlier, and he was saying, you know, it's not the effects right now. You could go back out there and play in a couple weeks. It's when you're 30 to 40 and these things are setting in and you can't talk, you can't remember anybody. Like, you really, you, that CTE kicks in, and this is what the NFL has been fighting to avoid for football players once they, you know, retire. Um, and speaking of retirement, I. Do you guys feel that this is the end? Like he should consider hanging him up or maybe taking a year off to focus on getting himself together? Uh, I'll start with you, E. Uh, <clears throat> let's see. I'm trying to figure out what side, which, 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 which side I want to come on because I know that uh, CB is probably going to play well, the, uh, the GM. <laughs> See, we might play the GM on this one, but I, I, I'll put it to you like this. Um, so they're they're eight and seven. They're second in their in their division, right? He's been out before, and I believe I think they won one, two games out of that. I think so. But this is also Teddy Bridgewater wasn't the back, wasn't available when he went out, right? Uh, yeah, he was. He was. He was the first start. He was the the reserve that came. That, uh, and then he went out with a concussion or something. That, okay, yeah, yeah. I'll put it to you like this. I understand this. Even if I, I, I get that part, I, I'm 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 more on the fence. If you sit him out for the rest of the season, they don't make the playoffs. 
what still is going to loom like kind of hang around is the fact that he still is prone to concussions. And everybody knows that from everything that we've known or that any player that's that's played the, any game that you can get a concussion, they're going to tell you once you get one, it's easier for you to start to continue to get more. And then the, everything from the side effects even get worse, whether it's the headaches, whether it's all the other stuff, right? I mean, you're talking about, and again, I'll, I'll, I'll get more I'll get more into it, but I'll let CB uh, kind of get on it back in. The fact that we can send all kind of shit up space, you know, in outer space, we can do all these things with cars, we can do all this technology, and understanding that, you know, it's hard as hell to, you know, keep the human brain from moving in a helmet that's designed to take a certain type of shock. You know what I mean? I understand it is what it is. Um, I think ultimately it's a family decision, but... I think this is also something that you signed up for way back when, when you put the helmet on, you knew, I mean, anything could happen. I mean, cats knees, I mean, can you, we're talking about concussions for quarterbacks, but we're not talking about the knee problems that most of the linemen have when they get older, right. From being rolled up on from, you know, uh, from running backs and, and plays like that, like wearing braces is only temporary. You know what I mean? These cats is barely able to walk when you see them hall of fame or, you know what I mean? Or later on in life, like there, it's it, it's a sport that's meant to break your body. Let's just to be honest with you. There's, we're not going to see a LeBron James in the NFL. So uh, ultimately, I think it's a family decision, and I think he'll still play. Right, right, CB. I agree with E. Rich about it being, you know, a family decision ultimately, uh, but also similar to the sentiments he was talking about. Like we we know that this game is violent and uh, it, it, you know, not to make too much light of the situation because I'm about to make light of the situation. But um, it reminds me of that meme where they're talking about, oh, and here he comes. He's 32, the oldest player in the league. Look at him. And, it you know, and it puts in perspective for us who, you know, maybe surprise, surprise. All of us are older than 32, um, you know, like it's wild to think that someone's career is usually well gone and over by that time. You know, the average, the average career in the NFL is incredibly short. You know, the, these guys aren't really, a lot of these guys never even have a career, if you know what I mean. So um, a lot of these guys know exactly what they signed up for. Um, and a lot of them, you know, based off of what, what you read, they, they'll tell you they prefer to be getting hit in the head than in the knees. Um, you know, and it kind of, you know, puts in perspective how, how the players feel about it, but it is, uh, it's tough. I, I wouldn't, I'm not going to come out here and say that, you know, because two has had three concussions that, um, you know, pl plus however many, you know, he would have had prior that he needs to stop, but it's, uh, That's true. you know, not a or a kicker. <laughs> there are th like, there are some, some all-time great quarterbacks that suffered, you know, more concussions than this and still had uh, really Jim long. Jim McMahon is in bad, bad shape. I mean, but your boy Troy is out there, you know, spouting off every Monday night. So, um, yeah. you know, like there, there are not every example is going to be the same, right? So we, we can't come out here and um, necessarily say one way is better than the other. We know what the safer option is. The yeah. safer option isn't playing the game. Um but we we also know that a lot of these guys, this is the dream. So you're going to do whatever you can to keep keep doing it. So I would be kind of surprised um, 
from just an NFL, how they tend to treat these kinds of things level if we didn't see Tua the rest of the season, personally. Um, you know, they're a lot of, you know, they're going to say the right things, but if he's passed by like the, the neuro specialist and he says he's good to go, I'd be really surprised if he didn't uh, hang, hang out there. Yeah. Uh, super fly to bring, to bring you up to speed. We just talking about uh, two was third concussion in like two months or, or so, um, you know, should he consider hanging it up? You know, once you start, once you get one concussion, susceptible to more and worse. Um, before I let you go, like another one of my points, I was thinking he's close to a payday, right? This is going to affect the payday one way or another. Either, you know, the team Miami is not going to want to take the risk of a long-term contract, or he's going to go out there and play to try to get this contract. And it's because he's so close. He's super close to it. So, all right, Superfly, thoughts? Yeah, I don't have much to add other than what y'all did. Um, I do think he's in a tough position just because he's quite close to trying to get some actual guaranteed money. So it's at the point where you've already invested your body this long. You might as well get to that point where you can get that next contract, try to squeeze some guaranteed money out of it. He's in a tough position, though, because this is squeezing it, you know, from the, from the management side as well. So, Yep. Um, you know, I think at this point he's got to do what he can. Um, but there's a lot of guys in the, in the same position. Um, what's the, the tight end from Washington? Um, you know, yeah, Jordan Reed's also, you know, another guy who's been struggling with things. And um, or I'm thinking about Logan Thomas, but um, uh, a lot of these guys, though, you know, it's it's just, it's just the risk that they put out there, you know, yep. as part and of the game. While you're here, uh, get your thoughts on uh, East Bay. Um, Calling the quits. Any thoughts? You know, it's a uh, it's tough. Like, I'm not really that reminiscent about the. I guess I, I reminisce about the books, but we haven't really had those magazines like in you know 25 years or whatever. We you would go to the East Bay site, and it's really not no different than the other site. So you know, from that standpoint, <laughs> I guess you know, I just I know we come from that from that era where you were getting you know getting these magazines, and that's how you got up on you know, shoes if you didn't go to the mall every weekend. Um, but no, nah, definitely a, a big part of our, you know, generation and, you know, how we stayed up with sneakers, you know. Yep. All right. So, fellas, uh, good, good chat right there. But while we are here, let's get into it. This, we're going to go, um, let's go through these rounds. Let's get it through. So my idea is you give your honorable mentions. Uh, any other like um, accessory attribute that you have, then lead into your your five, and then we'll we'll go round for round five, five, four, four, three, or like that. So, up first, Mr. Burko. So, uh, start with your honorable mentions uh, and anything you want to tell about it, or you know why why it's there, why it didn't make your top five. You know what to do. Yeah. Um, as we've been alluding to, it's been a really good year for music. A lot of stuff that I mean, through the group chat this morning, talking about things that we've missed or just wasn't able to give the right amount of attention to to really consider it, you know. So um, some of the <laughs> some of the, uh, the items that I had on my list, which they might be on some of y'all's, maybe they were in consideration. But 
Um, the Joey Badass 2000 was one of the ones that I needed to talk about. Um, that was late, but um, yeah, that, was, that was a late, a late fame on fire. Uh, welcome to the chaos. Um, I put something out on Instagram asking, you know, people to just comment. What are some of their albums of the year? My boy Anshu from uh, Sick and Buster mentioned this uh, this album here. This band got famous from doing rock covers of like popular songs. I didn't even know they wrote originals. Um, so I ended up listening through this album quite a bit. And one of the songs was just so catchy called Emo Shit. I just, it's one, probably been my most played song over the last two months. So I had to include that. Um, Nigo's album on there. I had to put that on there. Um, the the tracks with ASAP Rocky, uh, Tyler the Creator, Pusha, you know, it killed that. Um, Ari, uh, a, uh, a Sex Location, had to include that. It wasn't quite my type of album to be including in my top five, but it was so good that I had to at least make mention of it. Um, an album that for some reason I feel like could end up being on some people's lists would be uh, our, our boy, the legend himself, um, Nasir. So, you know, it's there, there was, um, and he is legend, one of my favorite bands of all time. They released an album this year. So uh, not necessarily, like I said, um, my favorite album, but I, I had to make mention of these as far as honorable mentions go. All right. So we got that. Let's go into your five. Okay. Number five. All right. So um, I texted one of our boys last night, told him I was going to shout him out because he was the first person to really be telling me about this guy. And I didn't really know I needed to be paying attention to music coming out in Nigeria like that. Um, but Burna Boy's album, uh, Love Domini, is in my top five. Last, last, one of my most played songs of the year. Um, it also helps that uh, some of the, you know, uh, words that he's singing in the song, uh, they sound like some of the stuff that my baby niece would say when she's babbling about, which made it like extra funny to us. But uh, overall, the album is so good. Uh, so much good music coming from that area of the world right now. And he's one of the the big guys. He's, you know, he, he touring feels like when he was uh, in this area, everybody besides me was at that concert. So, um, <laughs> you know, it's it seems like uh, everyone is, is getting hip. I feel like I'm kind of late to the party, um, but Burner Boy had to be in my top five. Mr. Rich. Um, where do we start with you? <laughs> Make sure I got everything. All right, let's hit your uh let's start with your artist to watch. Uh, artist to watch. Um we've all heard we've all heard this man and, and the way he's changing the uh this kid actually. I would just say that he's still a kid, he's still learning, but uh Lil Russell out of uh Vallejo, if you will, to be exact, uh the Bay Area. Um just the the fact is, if you look at it, even though they, I think they were like maybe seven, eight tracks, this this dude came out with like four or five albums this year, and all that you can buy for whatever price point you wanted to. Uh, did his concerts in the back of his mama's house. Um, he's changing the game, and he's keeping it where it's at. Um, I think this is the significant uh, part of hip hop that always comes around that then kind of brings that light to you know the lyricism uh but also us we you know the ones changing the game and actually making the game what it is today uh and this is probably one of those things that we'll be talking about 
later on that people saw his blueprint and they figured out how to, you know, get all the, you know, make the money for themselves and not be uh, a slave to a, a label and understand that what he's doing is showing them the blueprint of what is a real independent artist and making their own money. Um, but I think more so giving the fans the, the look uh, for the artists and not, and not kind of, you know, force feeding you uh, by a label, but actually by the artists. So. All right, uh, let's let's give me a whole separate list here. Let's go through your uh your your, your R and B side. What what you uh? I had to. Uh, Superfly, uh, I was gonna, listen, Super I was gonna reach out to you because I didn't want to be the only one. But you know, exactly. Like, again, I, I'm 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 I definitely will pin myself as the R and B guy of the, of the group. Um, but definitely the way I had it set up. Um, I had uh, Sid at number five. I had Lucky Day. Um, number four, um, and understand with that, right? Like, so one of the things that we talked about was that a lot of the songs came out 2021, but the albums dropped in 2022. So what we were listening from last year was kind of going into this year, which, you know, nowadays is single driven, right? You only get maybe one or two singles and forget that the damn album came out when it did, right? Uh, but uh, Vito OG uh, Parker definitely. Um, that's just an album that I feel like uh, I've listened to it through and through. Like it's, you know, and I think um, <laughs> Vito got another one set to come out in 2023. And it's like he's at that point where you anticipate his albums because he is that good as a singer, as an R&B artist. Um, Sizz's album was dope. Like I know some people are probably gonna get mad because uh, Ari's not on here. Ari's album, I think, didn't age well. It came out, and it had the it had the it had the force at that time. But then I think they really haven't pushed anything behind it. So there's nothing that's really like pushing that album still to go. Whereas each one of these that I have up here has either a single that's still probably on the top 100 or that's still being pushed that you can listen to and you still can go back to the album. Um, and then of course Brent Fires. Uh, I just listen. I like it because he's like one of the most toxic R&B artists of all time, and he just—is that the the nigga with the honey all over the top? <laughs> nah. <laughs> no, Brent Fires is the bottom. bottom. Yeah, it's the bottom one. Th this one—that—that's what Brent. Oh, okay, okay. But, okay. I mean, if you listen to that album, bro, it's it's super toxic. It's like the the it's the the epitome of everything that. <laughs> You know that one homeboy that just really don't care. He's that dude, and he it definitely uh, puts it out there. But like I said, I appreciate you for letting me get that R and B list off because I definitely need to hear in the comments uh, when we put when we post that because I know I'm gonna get some slander for Ari not being. Yeah, I, I, you know all the Dreamville, that, uh, you know, uh, you know, super fans out there. I had talked him out of putting that R Kelly uh, jail release CD on there, <laughs> but uh, go ahead, honorable mentions. Uh, honorable mentions for sure. You got currency, uh, and uh, alchemist as well as Vince Staples. Like when I when I clearly <laughs> listen, there's there's one person on this on, on this show with us. CB, my brother, knows how our affinity for Vince Staple is, and the way that his albums hit is crazy because you can tell like he's rapping like. That shit just happened yesterday, right? And it's almost like that's how the album was. All his albums have always been good as far as the way that it's laid out. Um, 
of course, there's not saying that there's biasness, but we all can relate to albums that are from somebody who's from our area. And when they identify a certain thing that's happening or a certain location, you know what I mean? It's, it's the way that the storytelling happens. Um, so those are my honorable mentions. I definitely should have had another one on there, but <laughs> I, I, I didn't let it go. All right, number five album, top five albums of the year. Number five. None other than West Side Gun. Uh, Tan, this, I mean, there's not much you can say. Like, the way that it's carried, I can still listen to the album right now. It still rocks. Uh, the lyricism, I think low-key, though, uh, the reason why this kind of, uh, outside of what he normally does, and the reason why this definitely got on my top five is uh, the features and how he held his own with the features that he had on the song. I mean, you're talking about, you know, uh, he had uh, Tyler Carly on here. He had, you know, like the way that these, like, you can't just be a rapper that's like, I'm, I'm fly forever. I sell Coke and you don't have any versatile raps to where you're getting those type of people to be on your album because we all know where that leads you. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, hands down, I think... Uh, he had a primo beat on there, too. I think uh, West Side Gun... Uh, I think he's shown that he can actually potentially stay on the top five list based upon his the, the recipe of how they get it done from the beats uh, to just how they how they get down. But, you know, lyric-wise, lyric he's always held up to whoever he's put on there, and he can hold a song by himself. So, that's my top five. Well, number five. All right. So I'll go ahead and start with verse of the year. Uh, so there were a couple things that I listened to. Obviously, I didn't listen to every song ever made this year and picked every verse, but it was just the ones that stood out to me, right? How dare you? Exactly. And, <laughs> and it, it was tough. Like one of the ones, one of the verses I had nominated for verse of the year came from Fab off of Mary J. Blige track. So it was an R&B verse that Fab um did it was but it was fire and didn't pick that though uh then fab also um spent another verse on a track he did with jim jones it was tough like i mean to have two nominated verses was tough uh but i, I couldn't couldn't go with him on that uh so but it's funny the person and i uh, had um malice for verse of the year on the joining did with pusher on the two tracks he did with pusher but what ultimately got my verse of the year, obviously, uh, Cole for Johnny P's caddy. Like, and it had, Cole had two options, two verses of the year that I had. This one or the one from London where he actually starts spitting in a British accent. <laughs> but the Johnny P caddy stood out. Um, and this is the only reason why uh, I kind of, well, I was going to listen to Benny regardless. But Sad to say, Benny did not make any of my list. No top five, no honorable mention. Uh, just because it was other fire music out this year. Uh, but my honorable mentions, and this is tough because if you see my honorable mentions, and these my honorable mentions are nowhere near my top five, you got to imagine what's in the top five. So honorable mentions. Larry June with Spaceships on a Blade. Look, um, I just got into Larry June's catalog this year. It happened in Dreamville. Uh, my brothers got me into them and just so happened to drop this this album that could have been easily within the top five 
this year, but Almas is is flawless top to top to bottom. Got Alchemist on there. Um, yeah, just just dope. Uh Westside Gun, he was just mentioned. Uh Westside put out two albums this year, and I think this was the better of the two. You had um Ten Hitler Hitler Wears Army's Ten, and you had uh Peace Fly God, which was okay, but this one stood out a little bit better. And then Ari, she's already been mentioned. Um I really wanted to find a way to put her in the top five because um, it was a really solid album. Uh, e. Rich mentioned that it didn't age well. Uh, you know, I think it came out in what September, October, and Scissors just fresh. Scissors just was out right now, so it'll be interesting to see. But it's a dope, it's a decent album. But uh, for number five. This was tough because if you're thinking number five, the the close the how close five to some of those honorable mentions is tough. So number five, JID, the Forever Story. Uh, look, everybody's been waiting for for Jid to drop, and he had two dope free uh, mixtapes out. Those are mixtapes, not albums. But this one in, what track stood out for this one was Cody Blue Thirty One. It's probably my one of my favorite tracks off there also is Crack Sandwich. But uh, top to bottom, bars, 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 Jids, Flow, um, it's dope. So, but yeah, that's the my number five. I'm sure there's some uh, comments we've been missing out on. Let's hit that like, absolutely, absolutely. Appreciate you, Beezy. All right, Daniel. All right, Superfly. Uh, let's see where we, you gave me honorable mentions. Let's start with your honorable mentions and go. So I'll start off by saying like the way I separated the honorable mentions from the top five, um, is like, I feel like the artists in the top five are either like those that have kind of found their voice and are like pushing things forward. Um, or, you know, in, in the case of one of them, just leading, kind of leading everyone from the front. So, you know, I'll get into that as, you know, we talk about the top five. But for honorable mentions, I got a ton of them, you know, apologies, Kaleo, but um, no, there's a lot of music man. out there and a lot of dope shit. Um, from the jazz perspective and like uh, jazz R&B, like definitely check out that Adam Black Blackstone um legacy album you if you don't know adam blackstone is um musical director for like your favorite artist he was the musical director during the super bowl this past year with snoop and dre jay-z any big artist with a big tour he's leading the pack he's leading the, the band behind them so his album is actually like more like jazz and like standards and stuff like that but they have like queen latifah on there um mary mary like it's a bunch of different versatile artists doing kind of like more jazzy standards um, and there's like one hip hop track on there at the end, but um, crazy record. Um, I had Corday, Pusha T. Um, you can't go anywhere without talking about Beyonce and, you know, uh, and the counterpart record that came from Drake. Honestly, like bringing a house back for the summer was a, was a good look, for, especially for DJs. A um, couple other artists I want to call out uh, French Kiwi Juice for the album Vincent um Dami and jd beck they do a lot of work with like anderson Pac mm -hmm. and um jid for example um and and thundercat so they're dope you know artists that you know you'll become more familiar with uh going into next year 
I want to call out the Danger Mouse Black Thought album, Chico. Oh, my God. And, you know, nothing, nothing else needs to be said when you say Black Thought. You know what it is. A couple of verses of the Facts. year on there. Um, and I was with you for the Cole record uh, as far as verse of the year. Like, you know, that to me made that whole album. And I'll, and just to piggyback on the Griselda thing, like, I feel like Griselda and um, the Russell, to a, to a point, are suffering from a little bit of overexposure. Like, they put out so much content. Like, they put out so many albums that you can't, like, keep up, honestly, and try to rank them. It's, like, so much that it's just, like, they could all be top five by themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what LaRussell does, though, you know, going into, going into the year coming. Like, he's just, you know, I really think he's pushing culture forward. I want to see what he does with a proper album and a release, you know what I mean, that, that's real cohesive. So, no, I definitely shout out to him. Number so, five. Number five. Um, like I said, these are people who I think this gentleman has kind of found his voice over the last couple of albums and Joey Badass coming into 2000. Like, um, as opposed to in the past, he might have been, you can tell like he was like mimicking or trying to, you know, create music like the, the artist that he loves. And now I feel like in 2000, he's kind of fit in his own, you know, this is going to be his style. And the music is just very like expansive. It breaks my uh, my rule, you know, my rule about short albums. Um, <laughs> I was waiting. I think this joint's like 17, 18 tracks. But uh, yeah, yeah. High quality. There's not a miss on the album. So yeah. Uh, yeah. that's my number five. Shout out to Static Selector, man. Static Selector had some some crazy tracks this year. And he, he did a few for Joey. Um, yeah. Wow, that was, that was a good round, round five right there. Um, so to recap... Real quick, CB, you had Burner. Yep. Uh, e Rich had uh, Westside. I had Jid. Superfly had Joey. Round five. Okay. All right. CB, number four. All right. Uh, so, number four on um, my list this year was mentioned uh, just recently as an honorable mention. Um, but. It's my guy. It's Vince Staples. Um, he had an album out last year, made my top five album out this year. It's going to make my top five It's one of those things where um, he's just he just is one of my favorite artists out the way that he does his projects and his honesty. Like, I love watching his interviews. He's a, he's an interesting person, um, you know, just to hear talk about almost anything, whether it's sports, politics, music, uh, life. Um, and that a lot of that comes through in, in the music. And in my mind, um, my first couple listens through, I didn't really give the album the attention that it deserved because I was listening to it while I was in the gym and stuff like that. And then when I took some time away to listen to it, like on a drive or uh, or on a run or something like that, it, it actually hit way harder. Um, and honestly, the the song with Mustard Magic, it, like it was everywhere. Um, and I, I think there's a lot of people that don't even realize that they, they like a Vince Staples song because they like listening to magic. So, um, you know, it, it could have been forecast people probably it's like, up oh, Vince Staple dropped him out. CB is going to have him in the top five. Well, it happened again. Here we are. <laughs> what, uh, what's the, the, the time, the, the play time of the album? Um, this is, this is definitely more along the lines of, uh, you know, it's not like one of those 20 minute joints like when he did uh, FM a few years ago. I want right. to say it's in like the, the 40 range, something like okay. that. Yeah. Gotcha. 
Hey. All right, so I'm going to just say this real quick. Um, the West Side didn't die when Nip died. And uh, for that, my number four, Simba. And let it be known, like, this kid is definitely putting it on. Like, lyric-wise, lyric he's killing it. His freestyles are killing it. Um, the movement that he has with him, uh, like I said, that Bay Area is really, you know, it, it's definitely different than, than down here, like Southern Cal, <clears throat> as far as the rappers and things like that. But, you know, they, they have put together um, a great body of work um, that, again, I think sometimes the West gets that that bad rap of everything that we rap about is, you know, uh, gangs and, and, and things of that nature, whereas he's got a, a real lyricist. Uh, lyricism about him. Uh, I think one of his freestyles, I think it was on Tim Westwood or somebody, he definitely was like, you know, big farmers sold more weight than big meats. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, he lays it out. And I think he has that real life, you know, perspective of what he's, what he talks about. Uh, the thing about it is, you know, we want to hear rappers that when they rap about stuff, you know, we can tell that it's uh, more of a glorified situation. But, you know, these cats are talking about um, they're young enough to, to to be historians of who the real rappers were, you know, that came before them, and you can see that they put that uh, to work. But um, I will say this: for him to have his technically, if you will, his first um, debut album, and it's DJ Drama on it, by the way, who just doesn't jump on anybody's uh, album, um, and then also to get a, a Pusha T feature, um, as well as the Two Chains, and I know, like I said, not you know on just for that alone, I feel like he's definitely stamped himself as somebody that people need to watch out for. Dope, dope. All right. Uh, round four for me. So, my number four has been mentioned, uh, but this is how dope the album is. Uh, and I was talking to CB, uh, no, it was E yesterday, and I was telling him, like, my four and five could easily switch places because it's kind of the same same vibe of the album almost the same artist of the album you know it, it just felt like the same but one just stood out a little bit more to me and so for my number four is joey uh i felt like joey and jid put out really solid i mean dope projects to where like they could easily go four or five um but let me tell you i'm gonna tell you how why Joey got four? Uh, take a little different side of it from what Superfly said. Um, and I was anticipating Jid's album, right? I knew that was eventually drop. We had been waiting forever, so I knew when that 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 came, I was that was going to be a listen. I was going to definitely give it give it a, a shot. You know, Dreamville, Jid's got the bars, all some of that. But I was not checking for Joey. Joey, I had never really. I've, Joey to me had been like a, a singles kind of listen to here and there. I would go and I would see that he had this feature or that feature, and I would just listen. Like, uh, but out of nowhere, this album dropped, and I don't even know what made me listen to it. Maybe I looked at the features list and I saw Westside was on it. He had Larry June on it, and at this point, like my my Larry June ear was bubbling. Like, okay, I want to hear everything this guy does. So I start from from the beginning and I make my way through not even like the third song and like brand new 9-11. My God, like that, the, the 
the, even before the beat even started, it's like the the production, and I think um, that's like Chuck Strangers who did that. Yeah, like the the production on that is just absolutely ridiculous. Um, and I'm thinking, yo, this is this is solid. And I, I listened to that album back to back to back to back. So that's why I got the fourth because I wasn't expecting Joey Badass to be anywhere on my list this year. And this has become probably one of my favorite albums out of this It's number four. So shout out to Joey. And like I said, Brand New 911 is what kind of stood out as a track on there. Um, but I, I agree with you also, Superfly. It's feeling like he found his voice as an artist. Like he, he's finally getting into a lane. Um, and then and I it's think his, like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. not like he's doing somebody else, you know? Absolutely. And then the last album, you could tell, like I said, you can always tell an artist is like bubbling, like they're, they're getting ready to fizzle. And like the next one is going to be kind of the one. Um, that's how I felt. Like, yeah, this is this is this is like he's in a really good lane, and the next the next one is probably going to be like out of this world. All right, fly. You know, most people before you show the album, right? Yep. Like I'll say, most people listen to music for enjoyment or watch movies you know, for enjoyment. And there's times where there's bodies of work that come out and you probably will never want to see it again. For instance, like Schindler's List. No. You know what I'm saying? Like it's certain things that you get confronted with and it's not enjoyable. It's not like uh, um, pleasant to the ear, but at the same time, it's so well done and so truthful that you can't deny it. You know what I'm saying? So I'm sure this is not in a lot of people's top five because they didn't listen to it over and over. You know, I just talked to my brother tonight. He was like, yo, I got to be in like a mood to listen to this and I don't want to hear it. You know? (laughs) 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 So with that, you know, it's, uh, it's Kendrick, man. Uh, Mr. Morale and the big steppers. Um, It's so real. Part of it's also, you know, I, I had a death. That was close to me. You know what I mean? The first the first song is, you know, United in Grief. Yep. I grieve different. Like, yep. this shit, like, struck a chord with me to, you know what I mean, to a point that, you know, I all of Kendrick's albums, you know, especially, like, you know, Good Kid, Mad City, um, I, I connected to. Um, this one, I can't say, like, every song I was like, yes, this is this is speaking to me. It was, but it was so honest that I was like, "This shit, like the the joint, um, we cry, we cry together." Where they're like having an argument. Oh my god! In that's... a song, you don't even you don't even pick up. I don't know. Maybe maybe people do pick up the fact that they're rapping at a high level, but mm-hmm. having an argument also, like, and it's shit <laughs> is like it's not corny. It's like, yo, did you fucking hear this shit? Like. Yeah, and it's not pleasant to listen to. It's kind of awkward. Like you're like, fuck, like yeah. I want to leave the room, but I can't because I got this shit coming through my speakers. Like so, from that, like to have the vision and the clarity in yourself to to make that come to fruition, yo, is not is not easy. And so I gotta applaud it. Um, I said a lot for it to be number four, but no, uh, it makes the next absolute fire, sense. But. And yeah. there's a conversation I started with E. I'll bring that up once we get through the, this list uh, regarding this album. And we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. But yeah, I agree. Dope album. Um, where we at? Okay. See, 
B. Uh, oh, so re- let's recap. Recap. So round four, we saw CB with Vince Staples. We saw E with Simba. We saw me with Joey. And then we saw just saw Superfly with um, Kendrick's uh, Mr. Moreau and the Big Stakes. Now, round three, fight. <laughs> um, so uh, an album that has already gotten a little bit of run on on the pod. It's uh, who some people call just because their voices sound similar. Um, the the Atlanta Kendrick, uh, but it's Jit. Um, the the quality throughout this entire album, I thought was awesome. Um, similar to Kaleo, this was an album I was looking for. We've been waiting on it. Um, and we know because of a death in his family that the album had been delayed. Um, you know, when he lost his grandmother, there was a lot of things about his process that, you know, kind of grounded to a halt. So it was great to actually get the project that we had been waiting on. Um, Kaleo, you had already mentioned uh, a couple of a couple of tracks, but you know, when I see a Lil Wayne features on an album, you know that that's going to be the one that gets the most play from me. So, um, you know, Just In Time is the, it might not be the best song on the album, but it's my favorite one on the album, if you know what I mean. So, uh, Jid for me was number three this year. Absolutely. And I agree. Um, so when you, when we wait, you know, when there's so much um, hype around an artist getting ready to drop, right? Mm-hmm. And we finally get the project. Were you, obviously it made your, your number three, but were you at all, like, were your expectations higher than what you received and album was still good? Or did you not go on with anything? No, um, and I'll kind of, and, you know, I don't mean to bring this album up to knock it down as a way to boost this one up, but um, I had high expectations for, for Jid and Corday. And I was a little bit more disappointed in the Corday product. And I felt like Jid hit the target for what I was expecting. Yeah. So, um, and it's not to say that Corday's album was, wasn't good. Cause I actually did really like it. Right. Uh, but it, um, Sophomore I jinx. felt like, I felt like it had, you know, it had a lot to live up to when you have the, the, the intro that he had. So, um, it's just, it, it was just a little bit of a different tone with you know a jid project and yeah no i just thought that he delivered from the features that were on there um just to his overall quality as a lyricist and as an entertainer um he's one of my favorite guys out so um you know it it was it was it was definitely a tough decision when we're talking about narrowing all this down to a top five but once i got the first few listens through to that one it was pretty much a guarantee it was going to be on there somewhere right are you E. Rich is about to show you something you could have you could have did. <laughs> well, if I bring it up, it's gonna it's gonna you're gonna have to chime in because it's based upon our conversation that we had, right? Which is um all right, well just go ahead and show it so I can just talk about it. This guy has an A side and a B side, putting out singles for the comedy. I'm cheating. I don't care. I definitely I definitely, you know what? I'll take this back to the Scantron. I accidentally lightly shaded one of the, what I thought the answer would be and did the other one so that they'd either give me partial credit or discount it in any way. But no, so here's, here's, the, here's the reason why I got a 3A and a 3B. Kendrick is where we are 
at the at where he is at at this point. It's been five years since his last album, and it still it still hits the target of a Kendrick album, right? I, I'm not even I'm not even gonna say anything else because what Superfly said about the Kendrick album is everything is is true about it. It it is the most emotional, probably piece of body like like art in in an album that makes you uncomfortable. But the shit is so true, or you know what I mean, that you can't help but to listen. But like you said, you have to be in a mode to listen. It's not sure I'm going to the gym. It's not sure I'm going over somebody, you know, I'm I'm headed to somebody's crib. It's one of those, I'm stuck in the house. I just want to listen to some some shit. And it I, when it comes on, then you just start playing all the rest of the shit because it just it just then you're already in that box. You're in that that emotional ass box you gotta stay in. So that leads me to Nas. Not to be, and of course, my list seems a little bit West Coast driven, right? But I lived on the East Coast, and it is what it is. Nas has always been that artist that I really had to, when I say actually take a listen to, because I had to understand it from the side of the lyricism on coming from the East Coast and not necessarily uh, a certain style, right? Because you think we talk about the West Side Gun, we talk about Wu-Tang. They're, they're all a certain genre that kind of you get you get caught up in real easy. Nas, you you listen to and you have an understanding of when he's in his bag, that shit goes, right? And what he presented with King's Disease 3 is is a Nas album. It, it was what I anticipated from him based upon King's Disease 2, also the first one. So that's why I had to put them together. They both gave us the album that we knew we were supposed to get from them. So they didn't disappoint. But I don't think one is above the other. But I'll also say, in this sense, what you're going to talk about is because their name, are we automatically saying that they are going to always have a top five? Or are we really giving it a true listen to? Whereas a Superfly just broke down his feelings about a kindred, whereas somebody else on this podcast is going to break down how they feel about Nas, you know, the uh, King's Disease 3. It's a feeling that we get from the album that's going to release why you want to put them in the position they want to. I almost wanted to take them both out because I felt like they should be sitting aside because they're going to present us an album. Well, Kendrick ever does one again, but if neither one of them presented another album or if it was another four years, we know that we're going to get that same album that we got last year just in that in that year that is supposed to release and they're not going to disappoint us. When you get to that level, do we almost take them out? This kind of goes into that whole talk of, you know, you put you put Mike on a on a pedestal by himself and don't don't you know you don't compare anybody to him. So that's why I cheated and I picked two for. Mm. Yeah, right. It's gonna be one. You knew it was gonna be E Rich. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, E Rich put the whole grocery list. In the in the in the message you sent me, he leaves nothing ain't, out. It, it, it ain't gumbo if you if you leave something out of it. Jesus. All right. So to piggyback off of kind of what E was saying before I get into my number, uh, this is three, right? Round three. Um, yeah, it was a conversation I even kind of alluded to it on the IG live. Was just because an artist puts out has been around for a while, has longevity, and put out has put out previous good bodies of work, does that automatically grandfather them? into you know we're, we're automatically going to listen but does that automatically grandfather them into a top spot 
This happens with Taylor Swift every time. Taylor, every time Taylor Swift puts an album out, it's automatically going to get album of the year, not a contention, just because it's Taylor Swift. This happens with Beyonce. Beehive, don't come for me, but this is the truth. Not to say that the music isn't good. I'm not dogging the music. I'm just saying automatically they shoot, they skyrocket because of who they are as an artist and what they do for the music industry. And these projects go, Beyonce is always going to get airplay. Taylor Swift is always going to get airplay or streams now. So this automatically shoots them, projects them to that area. So this is the conversation I was having about Kendrick is, yes, the Kendrick album is, let me get to my Mr. Moran, the big steppers, by the way. Um, this is definitely a pandemic album. You can tell the mindset uh, of kind of the kind of where he was with this, and you know, you, and you could just put yourself into the lyrics and feel like, yeah, see, sitting around in his thoughts, like after nothing came for like what a thousand days, or eighteen hundred days of just writer's block. He said, you can feel where the album launch it took off right and but it, it deals with real life subject matter you know as far as therapy um you know black men in therapy especially and getting the help or just tox toxic relationships um and there's there's some humor in in these in these records um like auntie diaries right that deals with where we are as a society with transgenders or LGBTQ and all, it, it just puts us there with society, where we are as a society. Um, but like you said, uh, Superfly, the track, We Cry Together, probably to me, it, one of the, it obviously stands out because of the content, but it it, it reminded me of um, Baby Boy, the relationship that he had, uh, they had together where, especially the one scene where they're arguing, 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 and then next thing you know, they're like loving each other, right? Uh, I think on this album, what really stood out as a track, uh, Rich Spirit, feels like a vibe. Like, I think out of all of the the messaging, I think this, this track separates itself from just as far as getting you out of what everything else is. I mean, KN95 is about COVID, right? Uh, but I think Rich Spirit just puts you in a good vibe. Um, but this goes into play with... Superfly does with the the long like a lot of albums that came out this year was longer than eight tracks. This is technically like a a, a two sided album, right? If we did uh, CDs anymore, and I think that um, side A perhaps probably hits a little harder than side B, even though the Kodak Black stuff. I mean, side B is just as good, but I think side A hits a little harder. Um, so, but yeah. He's very deserving of a, a top five spot. I think three kind of puts him middle for me because there's some deep man. Like it take a, it's like an onion. You definitely have to peel back a lot of layers to this album because every time I listen, I'm like damn, I didn't, I missed that the first time. Missed that. Okay, and a lot of people have this album of the year because they can relate to it or because it's Kendrick. So, but yeah, Kendrick, uh, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers is my number three. Uh, Superfly. All right. So, you know, sticking with, I think this, this gentleman is, uh, both, uh, is someone this, so, so Kendrick, this person I'm about to say, and the person coming next are people who are like leading from the front. Um, as far as 
someone who is like sharp there this person's skills as far as a rap being a rapper like i put them up against anybody right now like the shit that, that's been dropping and just the skill set and the way that the skill set and the versatility he can rap any way he wants any way you want him to you know he can give you drill he can give you you know he can he can he can you know keep up with black thought most deaf he can give you you know some ignorant like pimp shit like whatever you want and the his past his like last couple albums like partner with um alchemist you can show who it is uh partner with alchemist partner with mad lib and in those projects you have to listen to them as the contributions from the producer and the contributions from the rapper and they're they're kind of competing with each other and from to an extent that kind of diminishes and to me like uh the how special you know freddie gibbs is so like now he's not he's going across all producers give you nothing but fire beats a cohesive album every single song is threaded into the next one like it's perfectly samples are mixed and intertwined like it's a very well produced album it has like every style you want crazy features like and then top tier rapping ability that is to me like unmatched you know by most of rap most rappers these days um and you know especially uh street rappers more southern rappers who have like the cadences that he raps on need to learn more from him because he's somebody's pushing it forward um and he's not just saying he got it out the mud you know what i'm saying so. no it, it was a, to me it was, a, it was a it was a dope album for sure i even re-listened to it again today to figure out where it stood in my fight and i was like i could add another honorable mention uh but I was like, I, I want to, I kept myself to a strict, strict number. Um, and it, it was, I mean, it's right there. And my question to you is out of the, the Mad Lib and the, the Alchemist project, right? Which one, which one was your favorite? Well, he did a I'm couple partial Mad Lib, to the, Yeah, exactly. I'm partial to the Mad Lib one. The, band, the bandana? Just because they're so unorthodox, the beats. And the fact that he can rap on these unorthodox beats and make them like there's some beats that don't even sound good until he starts rapping on them and then you go oh shit like i didn't even <laughs> see it that way like this is right. crazy you know what i mean so yeah. with that like these all these beats there's nothing complicated about any of these joints it's just straight fire and then he's just you know what i mean setting fire to the track you know yeah. so I, yeah i can't i don't even know how much i can say man it's just gotcha. it was a great record all right, so let's recap uh, round three. Uh, we had CB. Uh, duh, duh, duh. What did you have, CB? My bad. Oh, yeah, Jid for round three. Yep. Forever Story. Uh, e. Rich gave you two. He gave you um, Mr. Morale, the Big Steppers, and King's Disease three. I gave you Mr. Morale, the Big Steppers, and uh, Superfly just gave you, um, uh, what's the crap? Soul, Soul, Steppers. Soul, Soul, Steppers. Yeah, yeah. All right. We are narrowing down the list. We are we're coming to so and I, I made a statement to E yesterday. I was saying by the time you get to your when you start by the time you get to number one after doing your five, 
number one, number five and number one should be significantly on different tiers as far as albums of the year, right? As far as how the album is. Five, I mean, five is good. It made your top five. But by the time you get to one, one should be the one that stair stacks and, and just towers over five, right? We're on two now. So we're playing with, we're, we're getting close to where this top tier is. I mean, two and one could be the difference of a verse or one extra track that shouldn't have been on there or production. All right, CB. So um, number two. This, this album's been talked about uh, already. I will be the, uh, the last one to, to talk about it here. But um, to address a question that Kaleo had asked in regard to it about do you just get grandfathered in? I think if there's one genre of music where that doesn't necessarily apply automatically, it's rap and hip hop. Because uh, there's this dude who used to be considered, you know, one of the best in the game, um, Eminem, who, you know, who's checking for his releases. You know what I mean? So, it, so it's it's not to say that you're automatically grandfathered in. Like, we're not talking about pop music where you have, in general, you know, upwards of 20 to 30 people working on a track specifically to go on the radio. So you're getting spins and things like that. For a lot of um, the artists that we like, yes, there's going to be sales that come along with it, but there's like a true project that you're putting together. You know what I mean? There's a body of work that's being, uh, you know, constructed here. And this wasn't abrasive. Listen, the first time I listened through it, like, like uh, Superfly talked about to, to kick it off was, you know, it was, it was tough to get through because it's like, yo, like this joint, this isn't like, damn, it was a different version of storytelling. Um, it was a different vibe throughout the entire project. Damn for me when, when, um, is it is humble the first song you know one of the first joints when dna kicks off on damn you're just like yo this beat is crazy this joint is going off mr morale and the big steppers got off very differently um it was you know in my opinion it's a much um it's maybe it's not more emotional because you can say you know that, that's subjective but it definitely has in my opinion a, a much more emotional feel to it than um, than Damn did. I was telling Kaleo when it first dropped, it reminded me more of um, How to Pimp a Butterfly just in terms of how I had to approach it as a project compared to other bodies of work. But um, going back to this album after taking some time away from it, listening to it a few more times, um, I, you know, it had to be on the list just from the, the way that it was put together. Um, and that, you know, the, the Mr. Morale track, the one that I think that's the one that Pharrell produced, like that joint goes hard. So um, there, you know, it's not uh, an album full of club bangers. You know, it is the exact opposite type of album of uh, Drake and 21 Savage. You know, it's not that type of, of project at all. Um, but, you know, it, it is Kendrick and he did not disappoint. So that for me, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers was my number two. Yo, I think you want real quick, like the I think that's a great artist to juxtapose him with Eminem because there, there are records that Eminem had that were like he would say stuff for shock value with high skill, you know what I mean? But it, but I don't think a lot of that stuff lasted the test of time, you know what I mean? Whereas, like this record, I think you know, 
30 years from now, it's going to be in like the Library of Congress or something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, yep. it is, it's crazy. Yeah. Yep. Uh, can, can y'all hear the change jingling in my dryer? <laughs> I definitely heard the time. I was about to say somebody's dryer is done. Somebody's clothes is ready. <laughs> I'm just wondering. This is a good mic. It picks up everything. But All right. hey, real real quick with that though, and we'll, we'll we'll get off of that that subject as far as Kendrick. But I'll say this: um, a lot of talk out here was that if you listen to it, it almost sounded like John Singletary would have scored that as a movie, and that was the soundtrack for the movie that is literally written throughout his lyric. Right? That's how that whole body of work really kind of looked at when you. When you hear it, and like you said, all the emotional stuff that goes behind it, that almost seemed like it should have been a movie that he just literally did an album for, and John Singletary should have just made a movie for it. So that's that's what I said. All right, my number my number two is um, just put it up because I, I like I said I'll say what I need to say about it. Um. Other than the fact that, I mean, you talk about Daytona came out four years ago. Push has always been one of those, like he doesn't, he doesn't play around with music. Like he just, he, he, it's, it's abrupt. It's right there. It's, you throw the beat on and once he gets you with the, ugh, it's a wrap. Like, cause once he hits that, you already know he's, he's in it. And I think that, the short album that it is that definitely fits a, a superfly criteria it you can listen to it multiple times and not get tired of it right from the beats to the lyrics um hell the, the features uh the fact that his brother was on there as uh, although some places still showing as no malice but the verse sounded like malice um and for that, because that was definitely my verse of the year, or was a high ranking one was Malice, was because he started off with by saying, "What did I miss?" Because of being out of the out of that line, that light for so long, but it just blended well. And I really hope that they will just do an album together one last time. Like Eclipse album would be stupid right now because that like that is what everybody needs, but. All in all, Push is never disappointed. He's always been a lyrical dude. Um, and even him addressing some of the stuff with uh, his, uh, I, I, I don't know if they're cool. I don't know if they're, you know, if they're uh, uh, business constituents or whatever, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, he pretty much aired it out. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's just on some real shit. And to be honest, like you can never, you can pin Push up with a lot of people and say whose pen is definitely gonna uh, prevail, and I think Pusha always, you know, he'll let you know that don't don't sleep on me. I'm, I've always been right there, even though I don't get that. I don't I don't need the radio plays, so that's why I fuck with that. And I think it's almost dry is definitely number two. I, I don't think you go through what you go through. Do the name change to No Malice. Spend years away from the spotlight. The only thing you do is get on IG Live, like to do your workouts, um, and you you 
you teeter away just a little bit to step back into your old shoes and drop like flaming hot verses at least twice this year from the Nego project to the Pusher project to not have a clips album, not to, you know, to not, to not have a whole project coming. I mean, I think the Nego is probably testing the waters to see what you can do. And then I think with this one to have the closing verse. Yeah. I think, I think, and, and then to do the, the something in the water festival to come out as a clips do something i think you know you're getting prepared for that so my number two uh it has been mentioned before but i don't think it uh we got into like any detail on it i think it was mentioned in passing but i'm gonna give you a little bit more on the what my number two is now let's just do it king's disease three is the, the the relationship that Hip Boy and Pusha have, I mean Nas have, is just ridiculous. Hip Boy has brought something out of Nas that's been dormant for years. Ye tried to do it with um, those those projects that he did, and then the, what's that Montana, Wyoming, those Wyoming projects. Ye did he tried to do it, and it just just didn't work. And I just that's one example. Out of many of just you, hot artists and hot producer don't always create great music because it just sounds like Ye trying to shine and Nas being lyrical over the track. Everything that Hit Boy Nas is giving you is a relationship. They both the music they're they're cohesive. The music and the lyrics are telling the story together. From King's Disease one, two, to the the surprise, the drop of magic, which out of nowhere was was a, was a great album. But with three, I think you just see where they are as that they're, they're so in sync. From the track that stood out to me was legit. One of them was legit with the five heartbeat sample, and then just Nas going from there, and just like not a lot of people knew that was the five heartbeat sample. I saw it. I was like, what? You don't know that? Okay. Yeah, five RB seven two. I'm on fire with the bar, the line of they want they coming from my spot like Sherman Hemsley. What? Like, yeah, Nas and hopefully this relationship keeps going. I know Nas wants to do uh, a project with um Pete Rock. Is it yeah, is it Pete Rock, right? Yeah, I think he wants to do a Pete Rock project. Um I can imagine that's gonna sound good, but I, there's there's nothing like Hit Boy Nas right now. Um, no features, and this album was crazy. This maybe I think this is the first time Nas did album with no features. And now I'm well, seventeen. Yeah, I think this is the first time. It's from seventeen is that what sixteen, seventeen tracks, just of uh, just just fire. So, King's Disease 3. You might as well leave it up there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's not much more I can say. What I will say um, is when I was talking about the artist that's leading from the front, 
Um, Nas is at a point where he's doing things that I even feel like like Jay, from an artist standpoint, hasn't been able to do yet. Um, I think he's gotten some of that with you know four four four, but like Nas is showing, you know, showing the rest of hip hop what you know post fifty rap looks like, and what do you what are the things that he's thinking about and raising the consciousness in new areas. You know what I mean from the record on Once a Man, Twice a Child, like. You know, people are so concerned with, oh, you old. And it's like, no, you're supposed to get old. Like, that's the, <laughs> that's the point and of all of this. You know what I'm saying? So he, um, like I said, he's just leading from the front. The production, like you talk, it's per- it's a marriage, right? It's not it's not a competition between them. Um, and the music just feels good. Like, you think about a track like Reminisce, oh. where you're flipping the Mary J intro to you remind me like it's just it just sounds and feels good you know what i mean yep. where in a way where kendrick's record does not feel good kd3 <laughs> feels good and when you listen to it and he's spitting bars and he's trying to raise consciousness like it's a you know all around you know phenomenal project so. to the point where they're so in sync that 21 made that comment of Nas's relevancy, right? And you know, relevancy is what? Is it's all like a is it streams? Is it record album sales? Is it, you know, what what is it? I mean, because if you look at Nas, I mean, he may not be the crowd may be different from a 21 Savage crowd, but there's still a following for Nas. And but he's so relevant to the point that he called Hit Boy up. Told him I need a track for me and 21 to get on. Hit Boy did the track and they went and did a song together. Like leadership from the front. That's leadership, leadership. From the front. That's how you that's how you age well. It's you know, it didn't it could have easily turned into a battle, but it just turned into a collaboration. It is what it is. I'm gonna hold my I'm, I'm not gonna say nothing. 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 Because that like so this is our podcast and we definitely we're not paid, but outside of your feelings, what he said was not a wrong statement. I didn't so yeah, this, so it's a layered statement, yeah. And I, I'm and, and there's but, not, I'm not in my feelings. What I'm saying is no, but what I'm saying is we have to we need to layer it that way so it doesn't seem like we're a bunch of old heads on here. That's like we still listen to Nas, nigga. He's relevant. No, no. What he made the comment was about is in the hip hop world on that side of the spectrum, right? Uh, NBA Young Boy is relevant. Uh, uh, Uzi Vert is relevant, right? Even though they might not be artists that we listen to, what he's saying is put Nas on a certain list, you're going to see the type of people that are movement to that, which is our generation, and not so much his because they don't have the understanding of what, yeah, we know what he did back then, but as of relevancy now, if you put Nas as a headline at a uh, at a certain venue, is he really going to be that number one person where they'll be like, nigga, we came to see NBA Youngboy, where we like, who? You know what I'm saying? Like, so... I think what happened was 
that statement got ran into the ground when he was like, I understand what that dude has done, but I feel like it should have been that, and he did well by bridging the gap by saying, let's get on the track together so you can understand it. But I also feel like we talked about relevancy before. Eminem ain't relevant no more, but he's still a hell of a lyricist. We just sat here and talked about ain't nobody checking for his album. But we still sit here and be like, he's still he's still dope, though, as an artist. But he ain't said shit in over, what, three years since Donald Trump. That's all I'm saying. Let's just, let's just preface it that way, because I feel like the slander will come and say that we were bashing this shit as if, like, all the old school niggas can still handle their own, and they're still relevant today. That's like saying, I'm not even going to get there, because if I say some shit, I know it's really going to go left, but I'll just leave it like that. I'm just saying, that's just... It's just a matter of your ears. It's the quality... Again, that crowd is completely different. I'm not I'm not in the 21 Savage crowd. But again, I agree with... I mean, what he says it does make sense, because his streams are probably... His platform is probably higher than what Nas has at this point, because he is headlining tours. You know, he... His crowd probably is a little bigger, but you know, I mean, it's all it's all good. I think it's also like relevant to who you know what I mean. Like my kids, Nas is not relevant <laughs> at all. They don't even know who he is. You know what I mean. And so, but it's not to knock them. That's just he's not in their generation. It's kind of like you know Frank Sinatra being me going. I, I he's relevant to me. You know what I mean. It's like it's impossible. Like you know what I mean. So it's just that's just what happens with time. Um, but I'm glad that like not Nas just he just illustrated and demonstrated like how to handle it. You know what I mean? Is using it to, you know, send the olive branch because that's really what we need with the next generation is really put my, the arms around them and exactly. guide them. You know what I mean? That that goes all around, even outside of music. All right, uh, CB. Uh, let's recap round two, my bad. Round round two. So we had Mr. Moran, the Big Steppers. We had It's Almost Dry. We had King's Disease 3. Twice. And now we are here. This is the part where we give our number ones, and these are the projects that stood out to us out of everything that dropped this year. So, I actually switch it up just a little bit. There's a reason for that. E. <laughs> That's the punishment I get for talking. No, no. I get it. <laughs> yeah, just go ahead. What's your number um, one? Go ahead. My number one uh, is Freddie Gibbs. Solid. It's been it's been a while since we've had an album that every track. You find yourself nodding your head with listening to the beat itself, then hearing the lyric, and then going back to listen to it again because you missed some other shit. Because you was like, oh, shit, he said, what? It's been a while since we've had that. And as long as the hell this album is, that's crazy to even keep that type of attention span, which our generation has plenty of attention, by the way. We're definitely not that new shit where it's like, hey, 15 seconds and you lost me. Um, but... Superfly said it. You talk about either a voice or you talk about kind of leading from where it is. And I think Freddie, for me, I feel like he he took that next step with Alfredo. 
and then from Alfredo from either features or what he's dropped and then this he talking about feature wise and and again my criteria what Clayton and I talked about before is you can have a feature and there's always that old school did you get killed by the feature that you put on your track and to have a uh, to have push on there and you know what he's gonna say but still come with you know and Scarface. And Scarface. Yeah. And Rick Raw. Right. right. So you're like, even by namesake, which again, we've had some features where the top person, that feature dropped the alright verse. But I think this was one of those they heard the track. They probably even heard Freddie's uh verse and was like, I gotta I it's A game. This whole album is what I consider A game. This is shit that I'm listening to. Uh, in the gym, this is the shit I'm listening to, to to just around the house, just to do whatever. I'm in the kitchen listening to this shit. I'm listening to the shit after we get off of here so I can, you know, get my mind ready for whatever else work tomorrow. But yeah, that's my number one. And I think that um I ain't gonna lie. It's kind of set the bar for me as far as like who can really like what I said was I put this album and then I listened to another album. And if I felt like this album got more plays and I was like, I'd rather go back to listen to this one, that's how this one made it to my number one. The benchmark. Yeah. Anderson Pac also, like he he rapped yeah. better than I've heard him years. Yeah. Rapping. Yeah. How about that? How about that? All right, how are we gonna do this? Let's do this. We'll end with Superfly. So let's do this one. All right. So we are at the round of number one, right? He, he just gave his number one. So, to no surprise, me and CB have the same number one album. So we're just going to go <laughs> together. So before we give our album, just talk about, we'll just give a couple things what stood out and why we chose this number one, and then we'll show that. Probably not hard to guess. Go ahead, see. So um, one of the big things for me with this one is that it came out in April. So we can be victims of recency bias. Um, thinking through the sneakers last week, you know, there's a lot of stuff. It's like, how do I rate a shoe that came out in the beginning of the year compared to this new hotness that just came out and is, you know, sitting on my stoop? Um, it's the same thing with music. Things can get lost in the shuffle just because there's so much. And for me, this this album specifically stood the test of time for the year. Um, and this man, granted, for this area, he generally was always relevant because he grew up not that far down the road. Um, and he's he's he he essentially had him him and his brother have the anthem for the state of Virginia. Like if you go to the state of Virginia. There is one specific hip hop song that when you hear it, you're like, yep, that's that is it. And for him, you know, to finally have a solo project that I feel is actually getting the um, recognition that he deserves just as an artist and, um, you know, for, for his work ethic and how seriously he takes everything like he doesn't take this shit off. You know what I mean? Like it's always on. You don't get multiple features from Jay-Z when you hold your own on those tracks right. and you know not it, jay-z knows what kind of work he's putting in you know what i mean so you know um oh, yeah, it, it's almost yeah. so look uh april april release we are now in december 
I, I knew when I heard it, this was going to be top two. Um, even top one. I, I'm going to give it top one. I, I, I've been saying for weeks, I had one album that was going to be my top one all year long. And there was a couple things that was getting ready to release that hopefully didn't knock it off his off his throat, right? So we had the Kendrick release, and I was like, ah, okay, Kendrick right now could be number two just because of the content. So it, it's Kendrick, right? Playing off of just because it's Kendrick, can name his name should plat, you know, shoot him to the top. Then we had the King's Disease three, and I was like, oh shit, this is here we are. Um, but what 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 kept me here is I think we know what Nas and Hitboy have done for four straight albums. I think Daytona was the bubbling of what Pusha could could be as a solo artist, even though he had those other mixtapes or you know releases that didn't really give him the shine. I think Daytona is. We had this on the conversation on the IG. It's pro- Daytona's probably certified classic, but it's almost dry to me. It's probably another certified classic for Pusha. And it feels like, yay, it, it, this is his blueprint. This is yay and just Blaze, but this time it's yay and Pharrell listening to each other and, oh, I got to outdo that. Oh, I can do that. And just, it's, it's the per he He's probably. Similar to Jay-Z, he has a perfect marriage with multiple producers. Push, Ye can bring something out of Push. Pharrell can bring something out of Push. Like Jay had Just Blaze that could that could do something for Jay. Then you had the Neptunes, Pharrell that did something for Jay. Um, and Timberland. So, like, I mean, these perfect marriages. So, yeah, it's almost dry, number one. Um, rap I'm in here. He's been pushing it all year long. Um, so I think the man deserves, uh, the sad part is I think the Kendrick thing will come into play when it comes to being nominated for albums of the year. Like, you know, I think that when we get to the award shows that the level of artist artistry is going to come into play as far as the right person not going home with album of the year in a couple of different categories. All right, Superfly. I'm sure I went. I'm going left on this one. Um, this is why we're going to let you close out because we didn't. Go ahead. I didn't even expect. I didn't know what to expect when I when I put the album on. Right. Um, and. As I thought about it, like to, to putting together this list. And so I went back and went to listen to the album again. And I was just like, yo, like. There's certain artists, you know, Sly and the Family Stone, Prince, Andre 3000. Certain people, you're talking about pushing culture, music, um, and a being, I guess, someone who went, you know, I, I'm grown as a person, you know what I'm saying, to try to understand and see people who they are for who they are um, and value the things that they, um, you know, are creating, even if I don't, I'm not within that lifestyle or 
um, lifestyle is a, a poor choice of words, but, um, you know, I feel like this record just from like, in, from production, instrumentation, you know, lyricism and just music. Like, even if I, you know, being who I am might not be comfortable with some of the lyrical content, the shit was so good that it was just like, I, like, <laughs> Like this, this shit is jamming. I don't care who, what he's singing about, who he's singing about. It may make me feel uncomfortable if I'm being honest, but at the same time, like this shit is fire, you know. So I gotta give it up to Steve Lacey, yeah, um, Gemini Rice, and he is like. So I talked about you know Sly Prince Andre three thousand. He is that type of artist for the next generation. So my kids, I think, are going to be like looking at him for these upcoming albums and seeing how he pushes culture forward. Yo, I played Bad Habit for a middle school crowd. They go bananas singing every word. Like, yo, that song it, is in heavy rotation. Like, it has such an old feel to it. Who knew though? Like, I didn't if you, realize. If you heard that at the beginning of the year, you would not think that that nope. song would be on the radio, yep. especially like given. You know what I'm saying? The subject matter and stuff like that. Yep. Like, I didn't know, you know what I mean? Like, yep. it's, it's good. It's progression, right? Yep. Like, so I, I love that. Um, but then the whole album, like, if you haven't heard this shit, go throw it on. Like, you you will not be disappointed. I'm telling you. Dope. Dope. Um, Superfly just sold me on it. I got to go listen absolutely. to it. Absolutely. So fire. as far as, um, so DJing, right? And then we, I remember when we, Actually, to be on, you hadn't, you weren't up to, you know, the album, the musical releases or whatever. And I don't know what your criteria was and what you figured you had to listen to to kind of come up to speed. But like, what, what has been like? Obviously, the Beyonce song is probably the biggest thing to play at at, at gigs right now or, or the Drake, right? But what's kind of been like the the feel for music, like when you do crowds outside of kind of us, like what? What's mm-hmm. the what's the popular stuff to play? It's been so hard this year to even play popular stuff. Like, of course, I, I guess the most popular the shit that like can't miss is like Glorilla. Okay. You know what I'm saying? That kind of stuff. Where like uh, most of that music I can't even listen to in my regular life. But <laughs> you gotta play it. You know what I'm saying? Because they love it. But um. Like what I listen, that's it's like that's something I kind of had to learn as a DJ is like how to go back and listen to music again for my own enjoyment versus, you know, what I got to play in front of a crowd. Um, I would say like yeah, definitely like Glorilla, um, Last Last, like that's that's been a big record all year, um, and I try to play a lot of. Um, you know, like more, I, I play like an eclectic set. So like, you're going to hear some old, you're going to hear me play Afro beats. I'm going to play reggae. I'm going to play go-go. I'm going to play house. You know what I'm saying? So I'm all over the place. I'm not even worried about, I can do a whole party two times over without playing with pocket. You know what I mean? So. How you know. do you play stuff that you're not really, that you're not into? I always wanted that for DJs. Like, cause you can't like every song you play. Cause there's, you know, certain things that's on a demand list that, you know, people want to hear that you might be like, right. how do you how do you create that vibe off of stuff that you're really not into? Yeah, because it's not, you have to realize it's not about you. You know what I mean? So, like, you have to, <laughs> you understand that, like, you 
there's, you know, and also you go out, listen to other DJs, see what, how crowd reacts to certain songs. Um, and sometimes you hear a song and you go, oh, I know this is going, they're going to eat this shit up. Like, um, and even though you don't like it, you just understand the psychology of it. You know what I mean? This, that song, I don't like it, but it goes with this song I do like. So I'm going to set that up the right way. You know what I mean? So that's where I kind of like to have fun with it. Um, and sometimes it's like playing. I love to play records, like those records that I don't like. I like to pair them with songs that I do like, but the crowd doesn't expect me to play that. You know what I mean? I might play some like old Osley Brothers record and then go into Glorilla. You know what I mean? <laughs> just because right. I hate that song so much, but I love, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just messing with people too. You know what I mean? Right. And you know it's going to ring off. So, right. you know, that's gotcha. how I deal with it. Bet. All right, let's do it. Oh, just to recap, because we didn't do round one, uh, ones. Uh, so E. Rich's number one uh, was Freddie Gibbs, sold so separately. Uh, me and CB agreed. Good figure. Uh, Pusha <laughs> T is almost dry. And Superfly came through with the Steve Lacey. Uh, what's the name of it? Uh, it is Gemini. Gemini. Yes. Yeah. So I'm gonna have to go back and I'm gonna check that out. So this is why we do this show because people have a different vibe, different feel. Like you know, you get introduced to new music all the time and stuff that you may have passed over. Uh, first go around, you give another listen to. All right, so we are at the point, uh, Superfly. You know this uh, where we at? Uh, all the graphics are way up here now. There we go. Uh, here we go. Shoe and tail. And since I'm up here, I just go first. Um, so, I got an unexpected cop. I knew it was a shoe that I wanted when I saw that it was getting ready to drop. Uh, so, I went for it on Sneakers app and got an unexpected cop by the end of the year. So, this is how we're closing out. I think there may be another one. Hold on. This is how we're closing out 2022 with the, if you've been following my IG reels. There we go. The Ugly Duckling Air Max ones. Uh, duck on the back. Yep. Uh, nice little suede type leather, or suede, you know, going on here. I sprayed them down for sure because this is a shoe that you do not want to get wet. Um, yeah. New buck. Like exactly. the, the materials on there are great for a yeah, GR. Black laces. And I was able to, was able to copy. Uh, CB. Um, for those who uh, haven't oh, seen. Yeah. That's right. The uh, Soul Tales uh, top five shoes of the year. This shoe was on my list, but I did not have it in my possession yet. Um, literally got it the next morning, but she came in. The Salehi Bembry. Sam be the time. Wow. 990 V2s. Wow. The materials on here are ridiculous. Um, and it's a new bounce, so you know that uh super cozy. In my opinion, 
this is probably his best New Balance collab so far. I think that the um, the 2002 R's that he did were really, really good. I have the Water Be the Guides. Um, but personally, I love this is like arguably my favorite New Balance, like old school model in general. Um, mm-hmm. The made in the made in USA quality is is off the chain. I switched it up to the the orange laces. It came with um, uh, kind of the other earth tone joints. But have you yeah. worn them yet? Um, not outside the house. Uh, okay. But these these still got to be sprayed down before they. Uh, they oh touch, yeah, definitely. Touch earth. definitely. So, but yeah, the Salehi Bembury nine ninety V twos, Sam be the time. One of the best sneakers of the year, in my opinion. Dope. Uh. Well, this is going to be straight to the point. As you can see, I'm rocking the jean jacket today. You know what I'm saying? It was a little, little cold outside. Uh, at no box, but straight off the foot. Yes. Definitely uh, Air Maxes were just going around the bend. But uh, definitely had to cop these uh, this year. Uh, I didn't sleep on them as possibly being uh, top five. But, uh, you know, you can never go wrong with the Air Max one. And, uh, of course, the premium with the uh, different jean and then uh, – just the suede on here is great. So uh, back on my foot and uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. First one, got the orange box here. Like this is like a real tiny, cute little uh, <laughs> gift card box for my family. They love me. But this is a dope box. I just wanted to show that off. You know what? Yeah, I got okay. one. It did look like a real joint, didn't it? <laughs> Damn, damn, damn. Nah, for real. So I'm going to show off um, a pair that I really um, like this year. I'm not even sure if, if, if y'all copped it or not, but the Shelf Life 2. Ooh, y'all going to love these twos. The but um, it's got that. Jeez. Shelf, nice are they the ones from South on Africa? It. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We've got like a icy sole on the bottom with the orange. Yep. Can't wait to rock these in the spring. Like it's like a I perfect like spring. Yep. To see in the light, but yep. the box also is 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 real crazy. Um, they did a great. I, I, I showed you guys. Yeah. Dope. Super detailed. The paper inside. Dope. It's been heavy with the paper this year. If you, if some of y'all got those lost and found. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> those, if you know, you know. You know, you know, you know. <laughs> Let me just log off. Right. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. The, the lost and found club is now meeting. Right. <laughs> so, fellas, are you joining your lost and found time? Yo. <laughs> Great shoe, man. Great shoe. <laughs> the resale market's just looking at me like, come on, CB. You know you yeah, want to pull the trigger. Let me tell you, CB dropped the line of the de- of the century or the year when it came to a shoe price. He was like, I mean, if that's the price. <laughs> And we were all like, damn, like, okay, well, well your pockets are a little different. Um, <laughs> Remember, I'm not, I'm not out here paying for diapers and stuff. You know, I don't get today's prices, not today's prices. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you, that's the thing. If that's the, that's, and that's the thing. These resale sites, they're looking at me and they're like, this is the price. And I'm like, well, it's not going down. So, nah, um, I don't think it is. <laughs> you know, this is, <laughs> no. this is, this just is what it is. Have I spent that amount of money on a pair of shoes before? I have. Do I look forward to doing it all the time? 
No, I don't. Will I be excited once these shoes are in my possession? Yes. Will I not shut up about it? You better believe I won't. If you look at band ones, they're going like for almost like 800 now. So mm-hmm. this shit is not going down anytime soon. Right. And that was that colorway. You can dress it up however you want to. Chicago ones, lost and founds, different box, whatever. That is probably the most one of the most highly sought after colorways. For sure. Just I don't know out of, out of all of the shoes. But um uh oh, got a comment. Ain't nobody was still <laughs> Yo, be easy. Was good. Was good. Was good. <laughs> Shout out to be easy fashion reviews and um showing up on Soul last week. But look, y'all, we knew we were going to overtime tonight. Uh we're just under two hours, but this is what it is. This is the big this is the wrap-up show. Uh we we're gonna be back in the new year. Probably gonna take a couple weeks off that everybody just reset, um, get themselves together. Superfly man, as always, we enjoy you stepping through. Where can we find you? What are you? What are you? What are you up to? Are you, are you, are you back doing gigs all the time now? What's up? Yeah, I'm still out there DJing. I'm, I'm gonna be ramping back up next year. Announcements coming uh, probably in January about you know a certain event that that we all enjoy we used to look forward to um, yeah buddy. so so that, that's coming back up um you know slowly but surely getting back into these streets and um you know making it ring out there so yeah stay Absolutely. tuned at superfly tnt on ig that's where you yeah. find it um so as we wrap up i mean this this is the last show of 2022 uh i just want to let all you guys know every single one of you and everybody that's watched thank you uh, we wouldn't look, we probably would keep doing this if we didn't have people watching and chiming in because it's just a good outlet. But ECB Superfly, look, I love you, brothers. I'm glad that you know we did this, uh, not just tonight, just in general. Um, you know, you guys are like my family, so I'm very appreciative of everything we've done, everything we got coming in the future. So, 2022 was good. 2023 would be even better. So anybody got any closing notes before we before we end this? Like, share, subscribe. Yeah, all that good you know, stuff. All, all the good stuff. 2023, it's a Jordan number in there, man. It's got to be a good year, right? It's got to be. All right. <laughs> Peace. Peace.